Welcome back, friends, to The Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I am so excited to be here with you guys this week in July. Man, if you live in Texas, you know it is dang hot here, and I hope genuinely for you that you are in a location that is not as hot as Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Man, it is about 110 degrees today. And we're just, you know, living our best life. So I hope you are in a cooler place than I am and that you are ready to get into today's episode all about buying and sourcing your inventory for your rental company. Obviously, having a rental company, having inventory is a very, very, very important thing. And today we are going to talk about buying that and keeping up with it and all the things about inventory. And so I'm super excited to get into today's episode about buying and sourcing your inventory. If you have a notebook or a pen, I would recommend getting that out. Something that has helped me when I listen to podcasts, because yes, as a podcaster, I also listen to other people's podcasts. And something that has helped me recently and over the last few months, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, is that I actually use Slack as an internal communication tool with my team. And Slack has been a great opportunity for me to take notes on podcasts and um, what I'm learning from listening to other people's podcasts. And I just make a direct message to myself within Slack. And the reason I do that versus putting it like in the notes section of my phone or, or my email or something like that is because I know that I can find them right there. And because it's a business tool it's easy for me to find. Whereas sometimes if you're like me, maybe the notes section of your phone kind of gets a little jumbled with a whole bunch of different things. And so that's where I put my notes when I take podcasts um, and listen to them. So you might think about doing the same thing. And then I've also in other times in my life when I've had a little bit of extra time um, that I have to spare, I'll get a journal and I will label it my podcast journal. And so what I do is I write Um, the podcast episode number, who is on the podcast or what the podcast uh, name is. And then I start taking my notes. So it's easy for me to go back and listen if I want to go listen again to something specific. So I know I can find it on someone's podcast and this is the episode number it was and here's my notes for it. So I encourage you to get into something of a similar practice when you are listening to any podcast. Um, But specifically ours because we like to try to give you as much information as possible. Now, of course, we do have paid programs such as our Rental Biz Academy, which is our signature online course. It is packed full of so much of how to do what we do in the rental world, whereas our podcast is really teaching you a kind of bigger picture and some of the things that you might want to know, but we don't get as specific on the podcast because it's a free platform. And so to keep doing this business with you, to keep teaching you, we encourage you to buy our signature course, Rental Biz Academy. We are super grateful to have over 600 students worldwide that have uh, been a part of our community in our signature online course and have Facebook groups as well for that. We actually have a private Facebook group for our students of the course, but we also have a free Facebook group that you may or may not know of yet. And so in the show notes below, we have a free rental community uh, Facebook group that we would love for you to be a part of. There's people from all over the world that listen to the podcast, and then they also are part of our Facebook group. And so I'd encourage you to go find some community there. 
Um, lots of great conversation happening over on Facebook groups. All right, let's get into today's episode all about buying and sourcing your inventory. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. mentioned at the top of the show to have a rental company it is essential to have inventory I think you know this if you've been in the event rental world for any amount of time could be even one second you realize and you know that having inventory is the number one thing that you have to have and have to be on top of for your rental company to thrive Uh, this is the backbone of your business there is a lot of other bones that make up your business, certainly, like the human body does. But the backbone, the thing that keeps you in sync, the thing that keeps you alive, the thing that keeps you going on and keep going on is your inventory, right? It's really hard to have an event rental company without sofas, without backdrops, without bars, without tabletop rentals. So many different things that you can rent specifically when it comes to inventory, but without it, you don't have a business, And so it's important to take a minute and to remember, where do we buy inventory? How do we buy inventory? What are the different kind of mediums to do so? Back a long time ago when I started my rental company, I thought you just buy your inventory from garage sales, from maybe Target or things like that. And I didn't realize that there are so many different ways to accumulate your inventory than just those few different options. Granted, a long time ago, back 10 years ago, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary just a couple weeks ago, but back then there really wasn't a ton of options and there certainly wasn't any education out there of where to actually go buy this inventory. And so our goal with this podcast is to help show you the way, is to help guide you in the direction of where you need to go to get your inventory and to get your rental business, honestly, in a really, really great space. And so we're going to talk about buying inventory. Now, the first thing I want to mention before we go into the different types of ways we can buy inventory is I want you to look at your HQ. Now, depending on where you live in the world and where you're listening to this episode specifically, your ability to buy inventory and have it at your HQ, it might vary. So I want you to make sure that you understand your situation best. Sometimes when you buy inventory, you're required to set up an appointment or you might have to have a loading dock to receive it. So if you're at a location that doesn't have that ability, that might affect receiving inventory from certain retailers. And so understanding where you're at, where you're located, and what your type of area is like may affect those things. Um, If you only have street level, you don't have a loading dock, That might cost you a little bit more to get a truck to deliver items that actually has a lift on it. Because sometimes these retailers or wholesalers that we buy from, they don't have a way to get the product from a pallet on a box truck and down to the ground. They expect to pull up to a loading dock. 
that you might not have a loading dock. I certainly didn't have a loading dock at my warehouse for three years of our existence. And even before then, when I was in storage units, we didn't have a loading dock. We've only had a loading dock for the last three years at the location that we're at right now. And so that's something that you need to understand is what is my location like? Can I accept deliveries Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? Can I only uh, accept, you know, deliveries on the weekends or the evenings? Understand what that's like before you go into these because you will be asked these questions when you go to buy stuff, okay? So there's a few different ways and options of buying inventory. Obviously, there is buying retail. There is also buying wholesale. There's buying overseas. You can build new product. You can outsource product. There's so many different things that go into actually getting that piece into your shop and ready to go out on orders. So let's start with buying retail. Super simple. It's like going to Target, going to Home Goods, going to Walmart, going to um, at home, many different retail opportunities that you have in your town. This also could be categorized under estate sales, garage sales, Facebook market sales, lots of different places that you can go. Essentially, buying retail means that you are paying cash for an item or, you know, putting on a credit card or a debit card, but you are paying for the item and you're picking it up right then and there. You're having it uh, shipped to you from online. And that's pretty simple. You don't need anything other than a form of payment, essentially, and a location to bring it to to buy it. So that's what we're going to categorize as buying retail. Super simple. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because it's pretty self-explanatory. But that is the first place and typically the first place that people start buying inventory if you are new to the rental world. The second place is buying wholesale. Now, buying wholesale does require a few hoops to jump through, such as having a business license or a tax ID. Sometimes they will require a referral from you buying from another wholesale company before. There's a lot of different options. And there's also uh, also a lot of different payment options you can choose for this as well. Some accept net payments, some require a deposit, some require it to be paid in full. So it just depends. Each wholesaler requires different things. So not all wholesalers are going to be the same, similar to how not all retailers are the same either. There's sometimes also some minimums when you open up an order with a wholesaler. So for example, here in Dallas-Fort Worth, we have the Dallas Market Center. There is about 15,000 retailers in this market center. Granted, some of those are home decor. Some of them are retail. Sometimes they are um, clothing brands or shoes. So not all 15,000 are catered towards our business, but quite a few are. And so when I go into Dallas Market Center, there are multiple different wholesalers that are within those. And each one is going to be very different on their terms and how they conduct business. So understanding each one of those, uh, maybe you write it down on a note, maybe you have a voice memo for those, but understanding those are very important because those minimums vary from wholesaler to wholesaler. A lot of them are going to have a higher opening order minimum, and then you will likely have what's called a reorder minimum. That means when you reorder with them, you have to hit a certain amount of money to place that order to make it worth them shipping it to you. You also want to understand some of the terms that they might have, such as um, on the water, does it mean 
that the product that they are buying is on the water on a ship um, and getting somewhere? Is it local? Are you getting it from a local uh, warehouse, maybe in Atlanta or LA? If you're in the States, if you're somewhere like Australia, you might be getting it from Sydney. If you're somewhere in Europe, you might be getting it from um, England or Paris or so many different different places. So understanding where the product is coming from is really important because that's going to help you understand the timing of when you place an order to the time that you can expect it. So asking those questions to each wholesaler is very important. Asking something around the lines of, so where does the product come from and how long should I expect it to make it to my place if the product is available um, and here's you know my address or where, I, where it's going to be shipped to. Some are going to be a couple months, some are going to be a couple days, some are going to be a couple weeks. So it just depends on the wholesaler, not every single one is different, but understanding those is really important. And then also just asking, um, what are some other questions that I should be asking you? Or what are some other details about um, buying and receiving product from you that I should know about? Um, like I said at the beginning, when you look at your warehouse or where you're receiving product, asking them, do you require us to have a loading dock when we're receiving product? And if so, is there a certain kind of threshold of that? Meaning if I'm only ordering pillows, is that going to come in a box and it can be dropped off at a doorstep? Or if I'm buying furniture, is it going to be on a pallet and it needs a loading dock to come off of it? So kind of a few different variations when it comes to wholesalers. Um, a lot of people in the last couple of years due to COVID have turned a lot of their ordering to online versus being in store. Now, pre-COVID, you had to go into the store and you may have had a login to see stuff online, but they encourage you to come to the store so that you could see it, you could feel it, you could touch it um, and make sure that you're getting what you wanted. And they also work off commission when they are at a wholesaler um, within a market but you might not be in a market. Wholesalers are in the U.S. There's only seven of them. Um, those are in Dallas-Fort Worth. There's in um, Vegas, L.A., New York, Chicago, um, Atlanta. There's so many different ones. And so understanding where those are and if you're conveniently close to one like us, like literally our warehouse is five minutes away from it. Um, is important to see. And like I said, a lot of them have turned to online. And so it's easier nowadays to order wholesale, even if you don't live near or can travel to a wholesaling company, which is a great thing. Now, understanding timeline of when you can expect your product is really important when it comes to wholesale. And then same thing with buying overseas, which I'm about to talk to you about. The reason why this is super important is because, um, gosh, probably in 2016 or 17, I had ordered a whole bunch of different product that was kind of smaller product uh, from a company called Peacock Design here in DFW. And when I placed the order, I failed to ask them what the timeline of receiving that product was. I asked them if it was in stock and they said yes. And so I immediately assumed, okay, it'll be here in probably a couple weeks, if not a couple days. So I place the order, I wait a couple weeks, hadn't gotten the, the product, and so I decided, okay, I'll, I'll just wait, you know, another week or two. Still hadn't received anything, didn't even receive any shipping confirmation. 
So I called them and I said, hey, I went and I placed an order a couple weeks ago on this specific date. I still haven't received my product and I don't think I've received any email notifications saying that it's been shipped. Just want to make sure that my information is correct. And they said, oh, I see that you placed this order, but we don't ship until about three to six months after to make sure that the product is in good quality. Oh my gosh, I probably wouldn't have placed this order if I knew it was going to take that long. I unfortunately had to wait and I had to wait for my product to arrive. And thankfully it arrived about uh, probably three or four weeks later, not very long. Nowadays, not only here in the U.S., but all over the world, it's a little bit tougher to expect shipments to arrive on on time. (laughs) If you've been watching the news at all, there is delays on the water. There's delays on land when you are trying to receive product. And so understanding some of those metrics when it comes to ordering is really important because if you order something and you promise it for a client, well, if that product doesn't come in, you've kind of run into some pretty big issues and that's really a problem. And so understanding those things and making sure that you are on the same page with not only your team, but your clients and your wholesalers is really important. Now, buying overseas, I mentioned you also have to wait quite a bit of time, and it used to be a little less time than it is currently right now, but due to COVID and due to shipping and such, it used to be about three to six months that you would get your product in from shipping overseas. Now it is about nine to 12 months, which for us, we have considered it We've looked at it. We've understood what it means to order overseas. But because of the massive delay in receiving product and how quickly this world of event rentals and inventory can switch in trends, we have not ordered overseas for that reason. Now, there's a lot of companies that do, especially if you are in a market that your trends tend to stick around for quite a bit longer. Or if you are like, for example, here in DFW, wedding trends have looked the same pretty much for most of the time, especially if you are in a higher luxury wedding market, they've stayed the same. And so ordering overseas and waiting nine to 12 months might not be that big of a deal. But for us, our rental company is wedding based, but we also are super corporate and social based as well. And sometimes those things change pretty quickly. The theme of those don't always stay the same. And so it hasn't made sense for us to order overseas, but it is good to look into. Um, They will talk about container size, which means one of those big old metal containers that they put on a big ship and they mail it to you or they ship it to you. Um, Some people require to have a whole container that is full. Some require a quarter uh, container. Some require a half container. So it just depends on where you're ordering it from. And then you also want to understand how much space is in there and how much can I fit in there? They also will have minimum orders sometimes on uh, the price tag of what you can order minimum wise or quantity as well. So be in tune with that. Um, Now, if you have the ability to build new inventory in your shop or somewhere nearby, that is going to be really, really great for you because you'll be able to create exactly what you are envisioning. So if you have a specific bar, for example, or backdrop, for example, that you want to start renting out, 
if you have the ability and the tools to do so, you can just build it out. You can build it exactly how you want to. However, we don't all have that luxury. And so you may have to outsource the building to a local contractor, local uh, welder, or someone who has the ability and the tools to do so. That might cost a little bit more expensive because of them and their labor. However, their expertise could go a long way if you don't have the ability to do so on your own. So I would definitely recommend looking at what does it cost you to kind of get some of those tools and materials versus what does it look like to outsource that. Um, There is a lot of options typically on a local basis for outsourcing building material and and building inventory. Now you have to just look uh, locally where you are located to see what works for you. I can't necessarily tell you here in Dallas, this is who we use because you might not be in Dallas. And so it's going to be harder for you to get that inventory. Now I would highly, highly, highly recommend getting referrals for the local contractors that you want to hire or at least do your homework on that company. And the reason why I say that is because I've been burned before. And now it's easier for me to teach you from the scars of that versus in the midst of it being a wound. But um, in 2015, we had added these really cool farm tables to our inventory, or at least the idea and the dream was there to add these inventory items of farm tables. They were they had kind of like an X base. If you've been following our business for a while, you may have seen this in our inventory. We no longer have it in our inventory because the trend has kind of changed a little bit here locally. Um, but we had these farm tables. Well, back in 2015, when I wanted to build them, I didn't have the ability to build them myself or hire maybe a family member. And so I hired someone else to do it. I had a few different options of contractors to choose from, and I ended up uh, signing an agreement with this one person. Actually, it wasn't even a signed agreement, honestly. It was a verbal agreement, and that was probably my red flag right away. And ended up sending him $10,000. It was going to cost $20,000 for these farm tables. We were doing a very high quality wood and making it transportable, which means we were trying to make the legs fold up into the table for transport. And we ended up paying him the deposit of $10,000. And it was excuse after excuse after excuse of why these farm tables weren't built yet. And why there wasn't even a prototype. He was supposed to do a prototype first. Well, he did a prototype, and it looked nothing like what we wanted it to look at. Like, the stain was different. The design was different. It wasn't what I wanted. And so the second prototype looked even crappier, honestly. It didn't even look as nice as the first prototype, and the first prototype wasn't even that great. And so the second one wasn't great either. And then, of course... Here in Texas, we have some unique weather, and a tornado came through, and apparently, still don't know if this is entirely true, but apparently came and wiped out his entire place. The only reason why I think that's not true is because based on where he said his shop was and where the tornado was, doesn't necessarily line up. However, I didn't see it with my own eyes, so I can't say for sure. But all of that to say, he dropped off the face of the planet didn't respond to any of my texts, calls, phone calls, emails, anything. Could not get a hold of him. And here I was with two crappy prototypes 
and no final product. Nothing that was even close to the final product. And he had $10,000 of my money. But he shut down everything within two weeks. So I tried calling him, texting him, emailing him. And then all of a sudden, it was crickets. He didn't respond. He didn't have even a voicemail set up anymore. His emails were being bounced. And he stole my money. Still to this day, have no idea where he is or um, where my money is from that. So (laughs) we used to joke. We had these two prototypes that we ended up trying to stand down and kind of really try our best to make it look good and change the legs out and and a whole bunch of just stuff. And so we used to call it our $10,000 table. Um, We joked about it, even though it really wasn't that funny. But uh, we no longer have that table anymore. I think we ended up going with another contractor, sending another amount of money. We ended up getting the tables that we wanted, had them for many, many years, and uh, made more, obviously, made way more than the $10,000 that we lost. However, it would have been nice to have that extra $10,000 and not have it stolen from us. So all that to say, it's very, very, very important to understand who you're working with have referrals if you can, and do your homework on these uh, contractors that you're hiring to work for you because I would hate, 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 hate to see the same thing happen to you and you start going into our Facebook group and saying, oh my gosh, I just sent $5,000 or $1,000 off to a contractor and they disappeared and I lost my money. So here's my reminder to you. If you are outsourcing to a contractor, please do your homework and please get some referrals to make sure that they are trustworthy. Um, The other thing that I feel like I can't end this episode without saying is that you need to keep up to date on trends and the quality and the quantity of your inventory. Trends change and you may not be in a market that changes as quite as often as ours, but pay attention to the markets that may be a step or two ahead of your market. For example, here in Dallas-Fort Worth, the markets that land the design trends before us are going to be in New York and L.A., but you might be in a small town in Kansas or Colorado, and your market doesn't hit those trends until maybe 6 to 12 months after Dallas hits those trends. And so understand what cities and markets are hitting the trends before your market does to stay ahead of the design trends. Um, That's really important to look at. And then you also want to make sure that your quality is staying up to date. There might be seasons where you need to do a full clean of all of your inventory. Maybe you need to fix all the nicks and dings. Maybe you need to replace inventory. It is important, highly, highly, highly important that you keep your inventory in quality. Something that we are doing actually this week, if you're listening to this Um, On the day or the week that this episode comes out, we are actually in the middle of mid-year meetings. We do these meetings twice a year. We do at the end of the year. We do mid-year meetings. And this is to take a look at our internal business and make sure we are operating at optimal uh, speed and quality. And one of the things that we have to do all the time is refer back to what does rental quality look like? Is it perfect? Is it 10% uh, scratch or damage to it? Is it 50%? Is it 
define what that looks like to you. Define what quality for your rental company looks like and then understand what the metrics to achieve that look like as well. And then you also want to make sure that your quality and quantity match. And so if you have clients that are asking for uh, four of the same sofa and you only have two, might be time to add to that number. So understand what quality, what quantity, and what trend of rental inventory you need for your company. I hope this episode has been super helpful for you. And I appreciate you for staying around and listening to the end. And I hope you've taken some really good notes as well. If you love this podcast and you have learned anything at all from us, I would deeply appreciate if you would write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super simple. Go to Apple Podcasts, type in the Render Podcast, and scroll down to where it says leave a review or write a review. If you would share what you're learning and what you love about this podcast a ton, that would be very helpful. And then share the show. If this has been helpful and you know someone else who could use this advice, that's how we lift and build each other up as rental businesses is sharing information. And so if this has been helpful for you, I encourage you to share it with another rental pro friend of yours. All right, guys, I will catch you next week on the Render Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>